Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Stuart McDonald, president of Tiseco Mines. Uh, they have a conventional and ISR uh, mining operations. We talked to them about that. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, um, the project and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. Uh, there are training videos. And of course, there are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you a bit of time. And of course, there is a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? Good. Thanks very much. Uh, nice to Nice to see you today, Matthew. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, new story for us. First time we've spoken as well, so I'm, I'm excited to hear this story. Uh, where in the world are you? We are, I'm in Vancouver, uh, which is our corporate head office on the west coast of Canada. So a uh, nice, uh, cloudy November day here. Yeah, same here. Same here. It's all good. Are you, are you, and you're in the office. You must be. You wouldn't have a picture with Digger at home, would you? Or maybe you do. No, I'm, uh, I, I, this is my office, yeah. Yeah. My wife would never allow uh, that, that photo on our walls at home. She who must be obeyed, quite right too. Um, well, so before we get into the questions, why don't you kick off, give us a one minute overview of the company and I'll pick it up from there. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're a, a Canadian-based uh, copper miner. We are, are, we are copper-focused. We have one producing uh, mine, which is a Gibraltar copper mine located in central British Columbia. Uh, we have with behind that a portfolio of development stage projects. Um, the one that we're most excited about and, and it is closest to production is our Florence Copper project in Arizona, uh, which we're advancing towards production in the next couple of years. Um, yeah, so we, uh, that, that's kind of a, that's us in a nutshell. You know, I think uh, we have an experienced management team and uh, We've done a lot of good things at Gibraltar over the last 15 years, and we're looking to replicate that success at a new project. Okay, thanks for that. And um, well, why don't we kick off with that? Tell me a bit about the experience management team. What have you, what have you guys done? How have you made investors money? Yeah, um, I mean, our team came together. The, the current management team and our current CEO, Russ Hallbauer, uh, joined the company about 2005, and that was right around the time that we restarted the Gibraltar mine. Um, and this was a mine, a mine actually with a long history, um, but had been put on care of maintenance in the late 90s because of low copper prices. We restarted that with, with Russ and, and the operating team. Um, Russ had a long career with Tech Resources before joining Tosico, a large, large Canadian mining company. And he brought with him the key members of our team, including our COO and, and uh, a couple of other key players of our team and, and built up a, you know, I think, our, I think our executive team is, again, very experienced. They all have long, long operating histories in BC. And we've been able to put that experience to good use at, at Gibraltar. And really, really, I think, develop that asset into um, what it is today is a, a long life, um, stable cash flow producing asset. We've got 20 years of reserves left. Um, and it, it's been a good cash flow producer and allowed us to build out the rest of our business. Okay, so before we kind of get stuck into that, I mean, what, what is the game plan? Because, you know, Gibraltar has been you know, banging out the cash for you for a long time. 
And now you're starting to sort of talk the development story. So has there been a sort of change in business plan in recent years? Or has this always been on the cards? No, I think it's, we've had a pretty consistent strategy, I think, going back 20 years. And that, that is essentially what we do is bring in projects um, at an early stage, at a low cost, and move those projects through the pipeline ourselves. So that's through engineering studies, feasibility, permitting, construction, and into operation. And, and that's what we did with, with Gibraltar is, um, you know, 15 years ago. And now we're doing the same thing at Florence. So Florence we acquired uh, six years ago, and it's now moving through the same process of uh, permitting. We've done a feasibility study, and we're hoping to start construction next year and take that into operation. So it's so it's really an organic uh, growth strategy where we believe we add value by de-risking projects and, and moving them towards operations. So if you've been at it 20 years and you've been at it successfully, you know, over that time, and, and, I, and I get there are cycles in commodities, but you've gone and raised some money recently. I mean, why haven't you kind of built up enough revenues to kind of do the development story from within, within your own funds? Yeah, it's, that's a, it's a good question. I mean, certainly we are a, uh, you know, being in the copper business, we do, um, we are subject to those cyclical price moves. And we, we see a lot of, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of ups and downs over the last uh, 10 years. And actually up until maybe a year ago, it's probably been mostly downward movements. If you could trace back from 2010 through to about a year ago. Um, so we've had to be very careful um, and, and very diligent on costs at Gibraltar to keep that operation uh, running and to keep a positive operating margin. But, you know, what we see going forward is a very, uh, you know, a very bullish and very, very optimistic view of copper prices. And we believe we can generate a lot of cash going forward. No, I agree with you. I think we're, we're very much looking forward to seeing what copper does in the next couple of years for sure. Um, but if I may just come back to what's happening at Gibraltar, please, because, you know, um, as recently as May, you were, you know, sub 100 million market cap. Company, uh, you've seen a you know a nice rise in the market as co- the copper price has come back. I mean, are you that closely aligned to what's going on with copper prices, or are are you in control of your own destiny with regards to Gibraltar? Well, I mean, at Gibraltar. What what we've shown is that 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 mine can operate through the price cycle. Um, you know, any any reasonable copper price. You know, we've we've operated continuously for 15 years, right through the global financial crisis. Um, through a big price dip in 2016, you know, so we, we've shown that we have the flexibility there to, to operate that mine and make money. I think it's it's when we come to uh, growth, where yeah, we'll have to raise additional capital in order to build um, our second mine and our future mines. Right. Okay. So again, I just want to stick with stick with one asset, and we'll move on to the potential of the growth, if you don't mind. But so with Gibraltar, I mean, are the grades falling off, or are they kind of steady state? Because you talk about a long life of mine, which is which is great news. But tell me about some of the numbers in terms of like grades, costs, etc. Yeah, it's about a point. It's about a point two five percent copper reserve. Um, on a global scale, that would be considered a lower grade mine. Um, and what, but, but the way that we, the way that we make that work is by, by very close attention to cost and by keeping our cost per ton milled extremely low as well. So we mine, um, at approximately 10 or 11 Canadian dollars a ton milled. Um, we, we couldn't put ore through the mill. And that is, that is 
comparable to some of the big copper mines in Chile that maybe are operating at 20 or $25 a ton. So we've got much lower costs, which allow us to make money with a lower grade um, ore body. And that's, that's what we've, we've shown. So um, yeah, it's, it's going forward in terms of grade, as I said, it's about a 0.25 ore body. We don't see in terms of 12 month periods, um, we don't see a lot of fluctuation in that going forward. We don't have any particularly high grade or any particularly low grade years. We do have, though, I think it's important to note for investors, we do have quarters or three month periods where we can have some ups and downs and some volatility. And you can look back at our recent, uh, recent results and see that in the quarterly fluctuations. But, you know, generally we try to get people to focus on, look at, look at the bigger picture, look at what we've done over 12 months. And you'll, you'll see that we've actually been fairly consistent with our production levels. Right. So it's a kind of um, steady state of play. It, it, it's throwing off a bit of cash for you. And I, I guess I'm interested, like everyone else who's been writing in um, to us when we mentioned that we were talking to you, is the growth component. Uh, you know, Arizona, Florence, brilliant. Um, are you going to be, I know you've raised a bit of capital recently, 23 million plus uh, bought deal plus 2 million private placement. Um, I take it all of that money's going into Florence. You don't need any support at, at Gibraltar. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. This is all your mark for Florence. Yeah. Right. And so does the money made at Gibraltar, is that all going to be allocated to developing the, the Florence project? Yeah, 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 exactly. So we've got, um, in terms of our cash flows at a corporate level, we generate cash at Gibraltar. We have some debt that uh, is serviced at the corporate level, corporate costs. And then um, and then we use the remainder of that to develop our projects. Right. And right now, in the focus is Florence. So any of that excess cash is, is your market for Florence. But I suppose, I suppose what I'm getting at is for people trying to understand what they're investing into, copper, I agree with you, very exciting. So that that's good. I think the prices are back up. But companies that reinvest their capital back into the ground and you know don't deliver the growth component or don't deliver dividends or don't deliver that kind of excitement to the marketplace, you know, do, do you struggle? You've seen a nice return to the share price and growth there. How do you ensure that story keeps going? Yeah. No, that's exactly right. It's it's leverage to copper, and it's growing our production base. So what we have with with the opportunity in front of us at Florence, um, you know, for bringing on that mine, we're going to take our copper production from about 100 million pounds a year to 185 million pounds a year. That's 85 percent production growth that we can realize in the next two or three years here. So that, and at the same time. Um, Florence is going to be a lower cost operation. So we're going to be producing 85% more pounds and driving our costs down. Um, this is really the, the key um, focus that a lot of our, invest, that our investors you know, should, should be focused on is that growth potential. So it's a growth story. It's not, we're not generating cash flow and dividending that out. We're reinvesting it back into the business, um, you know, to, to, to show that growth and grow the business. We've also got a portfolio, as I mentioned, we've also got other projects in the pipeline, um, you know, that are earlier stage that don't require a lot of capital at this point, but that could be ready to come down the road behind Florence as well. So, you know, it's really just that continual um, development of projects and, and adding, uh, adding growth to the equity. Okay, so Florence is where the future is, great. 
what are the things, what are the kind of long tolls, poles in the tent there for you, you know, permitting, licensing, et cetera? Where, where are you at with all of that? And then I'd love you to sort of talk about, you know, um, how do you keep those costs low? Is it a similar type profile to what you're seeing at Gibraltar and therefore you're just bringing your knowledge over? Yeah, it's it's actually, um, it's, it's quite a different type of uh, operation that we have at Florence. Um, it's in situ copper recovery. And it is a very low cost um, and efficient way of mining in our view. We're actually drilling a well field um, into the ore body and injecting solutions. Um, so there's a number of environmental benefits to it. Um, as I said, it's very low cost. We're gonna produce copper here at about $1.10 a pound um, compared to you know, $1.80 or $1.90 at Gibraltar. Um, so it's, it's low cost and, and we believe that it's gonna be a, a very successful operation for us. What we've already done is, um, in terms of permitting, is we've built, in 2018, we built um, a production test facility, we call it, which is a small-scale um, SXEW plant and a small, uh, a limited number of wells. And this is this was a proof of concept. So we've, we've built that, we've operated it, we've been producing copper for about 18 months, um, and we've shown that we can run this um, uh, you know, economically and in compliance with our permits. So now to move forward from, from this test work into a commercial scale, we need two things. We need permits. We have two key permits that need to be amended and, and those processes are ongoing and actually imminent. We believe that we're going to receive those permits. And secondly, we need, to, as I said, we need to raise a bit of capital. Um, it's roughly 230 million US dollars to build the commercial scale plant. Um, and we are in the process of arranging that financing now. So with permits and financing in hand, um, we'll be in a position early next year to move into construction of the commercial operation, which again, which is roughly a 17 month, 17 or 18 month construction period. So by, by the end of 2022, as I said, we'll have that you know, we will have that in commercial scale production and really start to show that those increased cash flows for shareholders. Okay, so good timing. Um, two different technical solutions there, you can, conventional and then ISR. In terms of um, peers around the ISR element, I mean, who should we be looking at? Who's done this successfully? It's it's commonly used in uranium mining. So it yeah. accounts for roughly 50% of global uranium production. Um, but, but it's not as been... It's it is common in copper. Obviously, copper is hard, hard rock mining, but you know the technology is—it's not new technology by any means. Um, the things that they're doing with in the oil and gas industry these days, and, and you know at other mines, are they're quite quite amazing. So it's a technological—you um, know—it's—it's it's not an experiment. It's a proven technology. Um, and with the with the test work we've shown, with the results of the PTF, we're you know we're very optimistic that we're going to be able to make this uh, make this a, a successful mine. Well, tell me about that because I'm interested. We know a lot about um, ISR and uranium, obviously, and you know something we talk about you know almost weekly. But with regards to copper, mm -hmm. what were the tests that you ran, and what were the grades that you were getting? I mean, you've got you give us an indication of it's going to be low cost because ISR typically is. But what what mm -hmm. else did you learn? Well, it's it's uh, you know we have a very unique. Um, ore body for copper and that the ore body is highly uh, highly fractured it's almost like a gravel um, but it's also got oxidized copper in it so it's a very unique um, situation and, and 
Um, as I said, we drill wells into the ore body, we inject solution. And one of the main things we've learned through this process is, is how to operate and how to optimize that, that copper production within a well field. There's a lot of different parameters that, that need to be managed in terms of, you know, injection rates and uh, pumping methods, um, strength of uh, solution and, and things like that and how you, uh, how you approach the mining. So, you know, we think over 18 months here or 20 months now, uh, we've gained a lot of operating experience in, in, in the actual deposit. Um, and we think that, you know, we'll be able to ramp this up quickly and, and uh, as I said, you know, begin generating cash flows. Okay. Uh, years. Yeah. So, so did Raw spring over people with the technical ISR, technical knowledge with him, or did you have to bring people in? Because again, it's not something that you guys were doing before, was it? No, it's new. It's new for us, but we yeah, we've got a team in place there. Uh, we've got a GM uh, at site that was the former country manager for chemical uranium miner, so he's been around uh, ISR operations before. Um, obviously, there's a number of um, great consultants in the U.S. That, that do this and that have that experience from the uranium side as well. So, we think we've got the team in place to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said, it's it's not unknown because we've actually been doing it. We've actually been producing copper, uh, good quality copper cathode for, for 18 months. So. Okay. Okay. Can I come back to the financing uh, component? You said you're going to start a, uh, discussions at the moment. Obviously, they need comfort around the ability, your ability to deliver um, as well. So what are the questions that they've been asking? I mean, what are they concerned about? regards to this, your ability to deliver and, uh, you know, pay them, pay them some money, I suspect, but technically what are they asking you? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a learning process, I think, for, for a lot of company, people that are looking at this, um, but, you know, they come and they do due diligence and they look at the test results and what we've done at the PTF. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the discussions have gone, they've gone fairly well. We're quite optimistic. We're actually, one of the key financing initiatives that we have, I believe, is that the right thing to do is actually sell a minority stake in this um, project. So we've been talking to a number of uh, strategic industry players about that. Um, and we're optimistic we'll be able to get that sale done and use the proceeds of that sale to fund a good portion of, of the capital. So, so from uh, which country? I mean, what sort, of, what sort of people are interested in this as strategic um, partners? Um, a lot of a lot of interest from from companies that are that that um, have an interest in the offtake that actually want access to that metal, right? You know, there's so much demand here in North America and in the U.S. for for refined copper. Um, I think that's an important point. Actually, we're producing refined copper right on site. We're not producing a concentrate. So, trading companies and users they want access to that metal. Uh, the U.S. is a net importer of, of copper cathode. And this is a new supply of, of, you know, we would say green, green copper right in, in Arizona. So it fits very well into, you know, the plans that the new president has around green infrastructure and, and you know, electric vehicle uh, manufacturing and things like that. It, just these, all these things require, require copper. So, you know, here's a great opportunity for that. Do you think the uh, new president is good for uh, U.S. economics when it comes to battery metals? Well, I mean, I, it'll be interesting. He's he's made a lot of um, big big 
statements about you know infrastructure investments in in green uh, in renewable energy and and EV infrastructure and as as you know it's a well-known story I mean all of those things require copper um, the ship the whole ship from fossil fuels to to renewable energy means electricity and, and electricity requires copper so you know these are these are these are positive developments that are happening around the world not not only in the US so uh, yeah we think we're in the right we think we're in the right metal can you talk to me about new prosperity please yeah new prosperity is our uh, is one of our development projects it's a large uh, copper gold deposit also located in central BC not actually not that far from Gibraltar maybe 200 or 250 kilometers away um, but it's a project that's had um, unfortunately uh, um, some permitting issues in the past we've, we've um, this is I guess going back eight years um, we the, the project was rejected by the federal government in terms of uh, permitting uh, application and so as a company we've kind of moved on from that and actually that's one of the main reasons that in 2014 we acquired uh, the Florence project um, but nonetheless new prosperity is uh, is there in our portfolio it's it's a huge deposit with great value but we don't have any immediate plans to developing it does anyone well I, <laughs> well we i mean we own it it's a valuable you know we believe it's a valuable asset but one of the challenges that that we've had there is obviously quite strong opposition from the local first nations group um and so around uh, what, what, that's what, what what's what are the issues driving that well it's a unique it's a unique situation where um you know this this group has not been open to to development on what they see as their uh, traditional territory. So um, it's an issue that, uh, again, somebody would need to work through if they wanted to develop that. And frankly, I think it's from a shareholder perspective, um, not an asset that anybody is giving any value to in our shareholder, in our, in our share price. So you could consider it a, a free option, I would think, you know, if you're an investor into some something you're getting for free and hey, maybe one day there'll be some value realized. Right. But there's no meaningful cost attributed to that in terms of keeping it on the books. No, no, it was written off. It's been written off in terms of book value or, yeah. But, but in terms of cash you're spending on, on an annual, annual basis? Oh, in terms of holding costs? Yeah. yeah I mean, we, we might spend, yeah, no nominal, uh, a few hundred thousand dollars a year to maintain our, our mineral tenures. But there's no no material um, spend on, on that project right now. Okay, so um, what stage are you at with Florence? You, and you, I know you've got this ISR project. You talked about um, needing to get it financed. Technically, you're getting more comfortable with it. But in terms of um, you know doing uh, reports, scoping studies, feasibility studies, where, where are you at with it? Uh, well, we've done a feasibility study. We published that uh, in 2017, and and you know that outlined a deposit or a project with with very strong economics. Uh, as I said, capex around 230 million, 20-year mine life, producing about 85 million pounds a year at a dollar 10 cash costs. And you know this is a very attractive project. It's a 40% IRR, um, and in terms of capital intensity. Uh, capex intensity, it's actually one of the lowest capex intensity copper projects in the world. 
Um, so the, the economics were shown um, in 2017. The test work that we've done in the PTF has proven out the key assumptions in that feasibility study. Um, so as I said, it's really just look, we're ready to, uh, you know, we want the permits, we want financing, and we're ready to build it next year. Okay. So I was asking, if you, I, I was on the impression that you were still sort of learning about the ISR component and wondered if you were going to adjust any of these scoping studies as a result of that. But you, the 2017 number is what you're going with and what the finance people are happy with. Yeah, they're pretty much. I mean, we haven't made a, I mean, there, there's a possibility we may put out a, an updated study at some point. We haven't made a decision on that. Um, but, you know, what we're seeing, as I said, is that the numbers are not significantly different than, than what we published already. So, right. um, yeah, it's, which are, you know, which are fantastic numbers. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we are with it. Okay, and then if you don't mind, can you kind of break down the 25 million bucks? Because you've told us it's not being spent on Gibraltar. You've raised 25 million yeah. bucks. What specifically is it going on in 2021 or 2022? Yeah, we're, we're going to advance um, detailed engineering. So we've got um, a little bit of work to do to prepare for construction over the next four or five months. Um, so that's a big, uh, that's a chunk of it. Uh, we also have to continue to operate uh, the test facility. So there's a cost of, of continuing to, to run that facility. Uh, we don't shut it off immediately. Um, and then just, you know, a little bit of working capital because we know that we're going into a, um, a big capital program here. And we just want to strengthen our balance sheet um, ahead of that and take, take a small first step towards that uh, funding requirement. Right. You're obviously going to try and load it up as much debt as possible on, on, the, on, on the project finance, but you're going to have to take some equity as well in that? Well, what, what we'd really like to do is because, because the asset, because we're not getting value for Florence in our corporate level equity right now, we've got to be very careful about diluting and issuing too many shares at this share price. You know, this is a $700 million um, US dollar NPV that we have of Florence. So <clears throat> what we would rather do is sell a minority interest directly in the project to a JV partner that I talked about. And realize, you know, realize that raise the equity at that level. Um, if we can do that, yeah. Go okay. Ahead. No, I was about to say. So, sorry, when you said that earlier, I wasn't understanding that that was going to be the entire equity portion that you imagined required to finance this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It could be. I mean, we're, we're going to see how we're going to see how it plays out. But you know, if we can get if we can get the valuation that we want, it could be it could be the vast majority of our equity requirement. You know, we could raise, we could raise 100 to 125 million US this way by, by selling a piece of the asset. Um, and then we would look to fill in the remainder potentially with, uh, with debt or some other form of financing. Wow, okay. Or, or, potentially, uh, or potentially another um, small corporate level equity raise. But again, that we're, we're not sure. Uh, we haven't made any decisions on that yet. We'll see how the JV discussions play out. I was about to say, what are, what are the drivers for that? I mean, that's that's a big chunk of change you're after there on a 700 uh, NPV uh, asset. Do you think you're is that is that yeah. realistic? Yeah, it's um, you know we think it's we think it's realistic. We've got a number of parties at the table um, that uh, you know that, that are interested in access to metal. Right, copper prices are strong. Um, they like the jurisdiction of, of where the project is, 
you know, I think that's an important factor actually in our business generally is, is where we operate. You know, we, we're operating, Florence is in Arizona. This is a, a jurisdiction with a long mining history and people are confident making making investments in, in these types of jurisdictions. Um, yeah, so we're, we're pretty optimistic we may be able to get something done. Okay, that's good news. And I guess 20, 20 year life of mine, you can whack through another couple of cycles in there. Well, I hope you, hopefully you don't have to, but you could. Hopefully it's just one, uh, one trajectory upwards here for the next few years. Um, <laughs> okay. We're, 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 we're pretty optimistic. Good. If I may finish off, um, what, do you, what have we got to look forward to as investors for the next couple of years? I mean, why, why is Taseco the one that we should be looking at, given that I think copper is going to do quite well uh, across the board? Yeah, I think, I think what you get in, in Taseco as an investor is access to a lot of uh, a, a large production base already. We already operate um, one of the largest copper mines in North America. So we produce a lot of pounds and we have a lot of leverage uh, to the copper price. When copper price goes up, our stock is going to perform very well. But on top of that, you also have growth. And as I talked about earlier, you know, this is 85% production growth that, that Florence is going to give us in the near term in the next two years. Um, you know, so a combination of leverage, growth, and lastly, lastly, um, the jurisdictions. You know, I think where we operate in Canada and the U.S., these are stable, top quality mining jurisdictions that, you know, from a political risk profile, we, we, we believe that's a, a strong attribute that we have. Um, yeah, so that's, that's our plan. Again, we, we've got some, um, a few catalysts coming here in the near term, which is going to de-risk Florence and really show the value of that asset. Um, and we think it's a great time for investors to, to get involved in the story. Brilliant. Stuart, appreciate your time today. Stay in touch. Pick up the phone when you've got stuff to say, because uh, we're interested in this story. Speak to you soon. Great. Okay. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Nice to meet you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.